The Giggle. The third and final special is possibly its most ambitious. Ah. <laughs> you sounded like a, a horse going through a very specific ordeal. I think that's what recording three episodes back to back does to some. Yeah, yeah, that's what it does. Um, the most ambitious special. I don't think I go in my head. I'll tell you. What. Obviously the toy maker. Yes, he's obviously the toy maker, um, and he's and so this guy is um, John Logie Baird. It's based off of a real scene, like yeah, well, a real thing. That John happens. Logie Baird's assistant. He's buying Stucky Bell. Yes, the um, uh, puppet that was used in the first uh, television broadcast John that John Logie Baird did. Not broadcast; it wasn't broadcast to people, but like transmission yeah. between one place and another. So that's it's cool. It's it's a really I like that um, integration of that into this episode. It's definitely a Doctor Who want, like thing as well. Russell was bang on the money. He was like, "That is creepy." Is like that is that's Doctor Who. One thing I I should say when I rewatched it, I noticed I, I maybe I just didn't notice or I forgot. I don't know, but when I rewatched it, the toy maker like the the rest of the Stucky family. Yeah. Are on the wall. Yeah. And the toy maker even mentions it. He's like, Do you want to take him away from his family? I never noticed that when The Stuke Babis. The Stuke Babis. I never I never noticed that when I watched it the first time. I obviously just glossed over it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I never noticed they were there. So when they came back later I was like, Oh I still found it just as fine, but I just didn't realise it was like a specific thing that they yeah. set up. I thought that was pretty nice. I really enjoy the toy maker that like he plays with the accents and the rigs. Like he's he's German, he's English, he's American. And he's also just racist. Which... He's very racist. And I think that's fine. I think I really like, I think that's a much better, bolder decision Yeah. Than, than, than like um, the, I don't know. There have been decisions which I think in the three specials and, and overall in this new sort of RTD2 era. Um, <laughs> RTD2. RTD2. Um, that where he, he has tried to be progressive, and this is my wheelhouse. He's tried to be progressive, and he's tried to do progressive things, mm. and he's ended up just doing the exact opposite. Yeah. He's 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 just not quite got it, and I think this is one of the places he absolutely got it. Definitely, weirdly, because and and because this is the toy maker. Um. Now I've not seen the original nobody has because uh, the first it, three episodes it's lost are yeah but there lost. are clips and there's like the audio reconstruct there's the reconstruction and there's the, the tele snaps as well tele snaps yeah so have you like so you so there's a sort of there's the use of a slur or something in the original yeah at the end of i think it's actually the last part he goes he uses the original eeny meeny meeny moe thing uh-huh. and the toy maker does yeah yeah so the toy maker is like established as being I think a lot of that is unintentional. No, 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 it's obviously unintentional. I think a lot of it's unintentional, especially with even like the clothes and the and the. Ah, this, the I think even the word the, like celestial is apparently, it means Chinese. Yeah, it, it's something else, which I did, I never knew. Nobody like not many no, of us no. knew, which makes the use of it weird in the episode later on when he's like, "We could be celestial," and I'm like, "It's a good line," I think but it's weird because retcon again, yeah again, that's the fan brain thing it's like we didn't need to retcon why it was called the Celestial to, to hammer home it was about space yeah. it's like the jet for me at least i've never heard that and whenever if no. i were to ever say celestial like a celestial body yeah that's i'm talking about space i'm yeah. talking about cosmic in space you know yeah. i'm not talking about that um probably just like it doesn't come up that often so it's not a big deal but i guess my point is what they could have done is said this character from our lens said a racist thing if it was racist obviously mm-hmm. not intentional but let's say he was racist and plays with race and he's 
just yeah. a racist guy. They could have gone, well, we'll just, that was the past. Now he's, now he's, you know, like they did. Well, we've not talked about the Destination Scarrow Davros thing. Yeah. But that's another one of those things where I was like, I don't know if that's quite. You've probably missed the mark the a little bit. There, but, but he could have done that and said, oh, well, we'll take that away because we can't be showing that. But he got that. This guy's the villain. Yeah, he's a bad guy. You can have the villain be racist because he's the villain. Like it's, it's it's like that. that it's it reminded me of the Last Jedi. Oh no! Oh god! Oh god! Here. But people people were like mad. They were like, Ryan Johnson hates Star Wars. He wants to kill the past of Star Wars. He wants us to move on and ignore the past. And he hates the original trilogy. And I'm like, you know that it's the villain that says that. <laughs> you know he's not right. And like he's saying that's the wrong thing to believe. He's not, and it's that same thing where it's like if they'd taken it out and gone, well, he can't be racist, you know, can't be racist yeah. on TV. It's like, but he's the bad guy. Yeah. I'm not totally like it's like I'm not saying he should have said the like yeah. Um, if he'd said the N word, I'd be like, what are you doing? That's a maybe a bit far. That's not it. But but just being like people characters in dramas. Yeah. Like passively like are racist on TV. We had an episode about Rosa Parks and everyone was racist to her. Yeah. And they were the bad guys. The toy maker is a bad guy. He can be racist, and that is a condemnation of racism because he is he is evil. Yeah. So he he can be racist. Yeah. Um, I think and that was a good decision. I think interesting, like building off of that, when he plays with these like the, the accents and the race and stuff, it kind of explains why he's dressed in the like the Chinese like the the original costume that he's in. The real reason is obviously it was a costume left over from the BBC because they didn't have enough money. To go and make a new one yeah. that's the real reason and it looks cool um but you can say that he's like he's playing he's he's playing dress up he's playing another he's, game he's a time maker, yeah. yeah these are all parts of the game and i like the fact that he he mucks about with those accents he's like he's german for a bit and apparently like it was specific russell wrote it with german words like he wrote in z instead of like in there like he, he did write yeah. in z and i think that's just fantastic because because he's not he's putting villain. on a German accent and saying something. He's yeah. doing a performance of a pantomime German person. Exactly. On purpose. And I think that's very good. I'm glad that he wasn't wearing the, the same robes. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that he wasn't wearing those. I'm, he's got his own costume. Because that canonizes the, that the racism. Just one of, well, it's, no, it's not that. It's just that that was just one of his outfits. Yeah. He, he, did, he wore that because it fit with the aesthetic of what was going on. It was like... You know, he was the leader. He was the, I don't know. I think it's like a Mandarin costume or something. And yeah. they were like, so, so it just fits. It, I don't know. Like, um, he just looks right in that. Yeah, it makes sense in, in the that context. story. Like in the animation, for example. Yeah. As horrible as the anima- as horrible as the animation is, he look like in the animation he looks right in that in that space. Yeah. Like he because he, he stands out. He's so colorful amongst what they've done, where it's like this white space. We really stopped dunking on that animation too quickly. <laughs> we'll make, when it comes out, we can do we can do an episode on it. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely like he is. It draws focus to him as well. You know, he's very flamboyant and he's he's showing off. He's the toy maker. He's, he's he has to be the center of attention, and you see that in this episode as well. Um, so yeah, we have that scene in the past, nineteen twenty-five. We cut to the present, picking up off of that cliffhanger. Immediately, you're struck with just how good this episode looks, like, visually. You know, you had that full shot, the tracking shot, coming back with David, and you're like, oh, it's so nice. Even the stuff in 1925, it's tangible, it's real. You know, it moves smoothly. I love it. I miss it, you know? This is another really well-directed episode. Yeah, I think this is probably my... the best-directed episode out of the specials. Out of the four episodes we've got, I think this is my favourite visually looking. Mm Mm-hmm. Def, definitely, even just the color palette and the way it moves. And I, this is bro. I love Rachel Tulley, right? Mm-hmm. I think she's a fantastic director. She, her work on Doctor Who is amazing. Um, but I don't know if they should have got her back. That's my hot take. I know it's that's a very hot take, right? It's a very hot take. We're gonna get cancelled already. I know, but but just I mean, not that they shouldn't have got her back. Like they should have if she if they thought of her and thought, no no we can't have her. But just if you think about of the four episodes we've had so far, the two that are the best directed are the two directed by newcomers. They're not newcomer directors. They've directed lots They're of new things. To Doctor Who. They're new to Doctor Who. They're fresh eyes. They're a fresh perspective. I suppose though, 
just getting some new blood, even if it doesn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. you can get somebody new in and they're crap and that's fine. But they were new. Yeah. And there was a chance they were going to do something exciting and new and something you'd never seen before. And they did. And in this case, they did. Don't get me wrong. I don't think she was bad at all. I think it's very good. I'm glad she's back. I agree with everything you said. I don't disagree with any of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, all I'm saying is I just think getting lots of new blood into, into Doctor Who right now would be good. Especially with everybody coming back. Yeah, especially you've got this. All the production team are back. The writers, the the special effects guys, all those roles that they kind of, all the people who were mainstays in the RTD era, yeah, RTD era are back, and that's good because I think like Danny Hargreaves, for example, I don't know if he did it in the Chinaway. I can't remember. What what does he do? He's the practical effects, the the special effects guy. I I blows cannons up and things. I don't know if he was. I don't know, but Danny Hargreaves, um. The the Millennium Effects being back. That that's great. That's um, that's fantastic. Added um the those the the effects house the prosthetics sort of make up um practical effects people they got for um mm-hmm. uh were awful. I mean that oud in the yeah um, it looked so wrong. Survivors of the Flux or whichever one. I found that a lot of issues with the Chibnall monsters was they lacked the realism that you know like you see the Jadun. And their mouths have saliva in them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they move, their eyes move as well. Whereas the Chibnall ones, you look at the sea devils, they should be wet. They should be glistening. And they, they don't. I they love the design. Yeah. I love the new design of those sea devils. I mean, they're my fucking, I love it. They're my favourite Doctor Monster. Like, I will I will state that down right now. The sea devils are my favourite. They're so stupid. They're so dumb. I love them. But they should have been glistening. They should have, I love that design. But they should have had, like, they should be wet. They're sea devils. And that's something that you immediately see, even with the Wraith Warriors, where it's like, there's there's texture to them, you know? I don't think that's there in a lot of the Chibnall stuff. Why did we end up dunking on Chibnall? I don't know. I brought it <laughs> um, It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But having all those people back, I just think some new directing blood, some new writing blood. I'm right something here. I am very worried about is... Um, and this is jumping ahead a bit, but series 14, we have, is it six or eight episodes? Eight. eight. So we have eight episodes. The first one's going to be RTD. The last one's going to be RTD. The last two are going to be RTD probably, because it'll be probably two-part finale. Possibly, yeah, possibly. Possibly one, possibly two parts. He'll probably write one or two more. Yeah, probably the So midway. then you're left with, what did I say there? Five. Probably about four episodes. I, by other I said five things. Yeah, so probably about four or four, three or four, maybe five episodes. Probably three or four. Yeah, three or four episodes to be written by other people, and I don't think that's good. I think. Yeah. I mean, what if get do something insane? Get a guest writer to write the finale. Yeah, like classic. Who used to do? Like always used to be kind of a. Yeah. You know, I I get anybody could write. You have to do finales in TV. You have to. You have to have a story arc and has to go somewhere because. You just kind of do. That's the way TV is now. Yeah. Because the idea of doing lots of little serials and that just doesn't. I think. See, that's where I don't like the current. See, see with that thing with the boss, where the meep talks to me, like the boss. I'm like, I could not care less. I've had my fair share of mystery boxes and MacGuffins yeah. and crap in Doctor Who. I think his. I mis- don't care. Weirdly, RTD's mystery boxing and MacGuffining has got worse. I think. Yeah, he was really like he was in, succinct and he's season very four. subtle and very elsewhere like the bees are disappearing the atmos and atmos that's just sticker it's production design and it's yeah like one reference and you think it's just nothing like it's in a list mm. like donna goes oh there's that thing about and there's all these ridiculous things and she said the bees disappearing or this and he goes the bees disappearing she goes it was bees something about bees and, and it's dismissed it's like oh it's just donna being donna yeah um and then in series Three, even though there's a bit more mention, Saxon talks yeah, vote to him, vote Saxon posters against production design, and then there's maybe a couple of times, but it ne- you feel it, but it's ne- yeah. you don't go... Series is probably not a great example, because that is a bit more kind of... It's heavy-handed, but you don't notice it if you watch it the first time. But Series 2, Torchwood... Yeah. That's just... That's about an episode. She says Torchwood, she, or she says something, she says Torchwood, does she? She's like, pans to Torchwood House. And you go, what's that? Because you don't know what Torchwood is. Mm-hmm. The way that that entire thing, by the way, see, when I was watching that for the first time, I always, like, even going back now, and you, know, you watch, like, The Runaway Bride or something, and they're like, it's a secret layer for Torchwood. You're like, yo! That's, it's honestly the coolest thing. It has that, with the, with the music, like, never been so cool. Yeah. 
ever. I just, I love how connected that was. I get what was my point. Oh yeah, RTD's <laughs> previous mystery boxing for what it was, was mm. just a lot more subtle. And then I think just that line of this thing about the boss, it's so clunky. I just, yeah. I, I find that. Especially strange. stuff, again, we'll get onto this with Church or Root Road, but Mrs. Flood as well. I thoroughly don't care. I just couldn't care less. Just give me episodes of Doctor Who. I don't need to, you don't need to like spoon feed me mysteries. Let them develop, let them happen, you know? And I feel like it's it's trying to get like a jump on the gun where it's like, you've, you've got a five month wait. Talk about this for five months. And I'm like, I don't want to. I want to just watch Doctor Like I want to, you know, just let me watch Doctor Who. Don't make me have to do solve mysteries and stuff because I don't care. I'm sick. Like my favorite se- uh, seasons, season one to four, really, and five, and then season 10, you know, those, they have their own arcs and stuff. Of course they do. But it's not blatant. It's just the episodes happen. You get to uncover things. You discover stuff. You grow with the characters as well. Whereas, a lot of modern television now is just here's the mystery we're going to try and solve the mystery but we'll do extra stuff and it just gets bloated and stuff i think that's but we'll get onto that again later on we can yeah, really look more and more detail in that yes the toy maker oh there's that scene where right at the start where the toy maker is dancing and all the chaos mm-hmm. um it just looked like modern day glasgow He's just dancing about Glasgow. Um, but it, it's creepy and it's brilliant. It, that is a great scene. It's very well choreographed, the way he sort of is first skirting about and you can see him looking to yeah. see when he can bump into him. And the focus as well as it pulls. And This is also a really great example of what I was saying earlier, or I say earlier, it was probably two episodes ago now, um, about Unit. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning of this episode, you have Unit, they're with Wilf, uh, unfortunately... Baron Kerbins couldn't obviously do any more scenes than he did, so there's this. It it you you can feel it. It's very yeah. strange. If you if you didn't sort of know the context and with the context, it's fine. You can't yeah, do it. You deal with it. You just that's fine. I think it's it's handled fairly well. It doesn't really feel like it was going to be anything other than that anyway. I, I reckon I the last scene would have just been at the dinner table. I don't see a place for Wilf in the story, mm-hmm. regardless. Um. Like you wouldn't have gone to the unit HQ, so you would have had to sort of. Could you imagine though? That would have been amazing. Out there, I mean, he would have bossed at the unit HQ, but um, so yeah, so that's a bit weird. But like I say, what I was saying about unit, they just are so useful for getting you straight into the episode. Yeah. You don't. They don't forget. It's a bit of time to run about, but then you don't have to, um, have him. Go, what's what is happening? And very slowly understand what's happening gather resources he has to go to find unit mm. or go to find technology that he can use units show up they get him to the plot yeah and it all makes sense the fact that they have a galvanic beam you're like that's the same radiation from midnight but don't worry about it you know they still they have all this technology you're like that makes sense you know they they're like tortured they scavenged all the stuff mm-hmm. they use it against them makes sense i can you know you accept all this um i love the music as well they bring back unit rocks I was rocks I was the, missing the Shepherd's Boy as well. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, I didn't really get that, but there you go. I think it's just Doctor Who. It does feel mm-hmm. like a very a big culmination of like again these specials. It's the culmination of New Who, really, because you even have in Spar Beast, uh, I am the Doctor again when Donna becomes the Doctor Donna. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I hated it, but also I missed it, and it makes so much like it makes sense. Um, all the music as well for this has just been. You know the toy makers theme. Oh, the toy makers theme is is fantastic. They they play that. There's a section of it where they play it with the reveal. So when David realizes that, or the doctor realizes that it's the toy maker, and they have those um like the colorized clips spliced in. Yes. That genuinely like that's goosebumps. I don't know why. It's just we didn't actually we didn't talk about the music in the past two episodes. No. I think the Star Beast for me didn't really hit music wise. I like the Doctor's theme right at the beginning. I like the, the and 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 when he gets on the back of the truck yes. thing, as, and uh, Shirley's like looking at him go, and he like gives her a salute or something. Um, I like that. I so, like that. That's actually a great. We sh- I should have brought that. <laughs> we're jumping back now, but we didn't bring up in the. We, we were talking about how the Doctor feels different. Feels like ten, but he's got the experience of the previous Doctors, and even that little salute. Yeah. 10 never did salutes he was always like I don't salute 11 did salutes yeah. and the reason is because 
Ten hated being reminded of being a soldier in the Time War. Exactly, yeah. And now that he's grown and he's let go of his Time War trauma, yeah, he can just kind of he can salute people, and I think that's a great little bit of. It would have been easy for RTD just to kind of forget, because I didn't think about it really. I thought, oh, he salute, and at first I was like, that's weird that he saluted. He doesn't salute, and then I went, yeah. oh, but this is a different. He See, does salute now because yeah, even twelve, he did a he did a big salute as well. So like, it's one of those things that has developed over time. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, so music-wise, Starbeast didn't really hit for me much. Wild Blue Yonder. Uh, very tense. Very good. I, I, I hadn't really noticed it before because it's quite low level. It's kind of, but it's so synthy. Yeah. It's very classic. And um, I, I sent you this recently. There's a uh, somebody, a YouTuber. I can't remember his name. We'll link it down. You can go. I probably will forget, but you can go and find him. He's 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 very slowly. He did one for Wobbly Yonder, and he did one for the Star Beast. Basically, music suites where he's recreated the music in the episodes, mm. and it's very good. And the start and the Wobbly Yonder music is very good, um, very atmospheric. I really really like what he did. People often accuse Murray of like being repetitive. Too much I am the doctor. And he always plays the same thing, and he's always doing the same thing, and we want something different. And I don't think that was ever true. But if it was true, then Well Blue Yonder is the perfect example of how that is yeah. not true. Because the music in that is totally unlike what you think of as the Murray Gold sound. Mm-hmm. It's it's, totally, it's new. He can do anything. He's a genius. <laughs> I, I do think that the criticism of he's reusing the same music, it's valid because he does. In season six and seven specifically, there's a lot of the same music. You're like, geez, oh man. Like, Again, a lot of that is time constraints. They yeah, were on I mean, like in Spearhead from insane... Space. He's just using the same tracks over and over again. <laughs> but they were like get it right, man. It's series six and seven. <laughs> we can, we have to do this now because we're back on season one again. No, we're not. Stop. It's season, season I've 14. been saying series fourteen, but they're saying season one. Listen, the reband's dumb. It makes sense, but it's dumb. We're not talking about it. <laughs> so one of the other things that I definitely want to talk about is you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of fluff in this. We don't see a lot of the Earth. We see that one scene at the moment. Uh, the one scene at the beginning mm-hmm. where the we see the chaos and the Doctor and he has that wee conversation. We don't really see the rest of the effects. We see uh, the Trinity Wells thing, which is great to see her back. Trinity Wells, love that. We see the, the Prime Minister. He's like, just the Prime Minister. And a plane that crashes, you know, we see the pilot. But we don't see much of the, like, the, the consequences of the giggle. Um, so that's something that I'm not super like big fan of but again that's a time constraint they don't have enough time to show us all these things that's where big finish i don't in. know if it's just a time constraint it's also going to be a budgetary constraint true because you have to if you want it to be realistically sort of um not just cutting back to that same place in bristol mm-hmm. all the time you have to have different locations you got to have actors you got to do cg if it's a plane crashing or whatever i know it's there but um, yeah other stuff and also i think maybe what was going through his head is if we show this, it becomes too real. Plane crashing is pretty... It's Yeah. And just suddenly, if you show people more chaos, you start to go, the world's really fucked up by the end of this. Yeah, it did, yeah. And there's no, for one, people get it for once, there's no reset, there's no, like, um, end of series three, rewind, it never happened mm-hmm. situation. You know, there's going to be a lot of dead people after this. Um, it did only last for like a day. I know. But so it was a long day. That's a day of people just fucking going at each other. Planes crashing. Yeah. Buildings exploding. All that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think... Um, the big finish set is going to be wild. <laughs> so I think maybe that's why they didn't show it. Just so that it felt less real and you didn't think too much about the devastation that, that it would have caused. Yeah. I love the, uh, the way that the Doctor discovers it as well. Like taps the screens... The way that the giggle and Mel Mel's back, Mel's kind of back. forgot about that as well. But I love the way that all of these things, like he does it, and it's it's listed off. And he goes back in time, back to like to find the original toy maker. All of that stuff is very interesting. I like it, but I suppose the most important part about any of those scenes is the the puppet show. I think that's that's the one scene that I always come back to when I think about that. Um, Thoughts? Thoughts on the puppet show? I should say I love Mel. I love that she's actually a computer programmer. Yeah, she does. She touches a computer. <laughs> she touches a computer for the first time in her on-screen tenure. Uh, the puppet show, yeah. 
I think all the stuff when they get to the and I should say the episode overall, the giggle would have been my favorite of the three mm-hmm. if it was all the Toymaker stuff. Yeah. Because the Toymaker stuff is fantastic. This from from the very beginning of the episode right through to the point basically the the doctor gets shot by yeah. the galvanic beam. All that perfect i love I the mean, house pitch perfect like the, the labyrinth the ones that hit the labyrinth with the corridors yeah and they go into the sticky babbies and the sticky uh what's her what's the the other sticky the his wife or whatever sticky wife <laughs> sticky 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 i can't remember sticky bell's wife uh puppet lady and the doctor facing the puppet of the guy who'd gone in the shop and yeah. the puppet of him which i think you know they have that scene Again, if this was maybe more tied in, even just in that scene, I think it should have been the first Doctor as the puppet. Mm-hmm. I think that, because it would have tied in the 60 years as well. And also, that was the Doctor that he first met. <coughs> <laughs> oh, you've regenerated! <laughs> Lungs! Kidneys! I've got no kidneys! I don't like the colour! Um, bless you. <laughs> Okay, yeah, never. Sorry, yeah. No, I think that puppet scene should have been the first Doctor. That would have been nice. Because that would have been so cool to tie it all together. He was, he'd been playing with the first Doctor. Yeah. And it also would have kind of um, prefaced the... Uh, I know they had a little bit of the of the he plays one with each thing. Yeah, but like he's literally playing with the first Doctor. 14 is in the same room with, you know... He could have it where he, his arms get like done that and it's, you know, you could have... All of that was not audio no, script he, in the slightest. Riley lifted his arms in the air <laughs> and he sort of flicked his wrists as if he was doing some kind of interpretive I, dance. I was being marionetted. Okay, he was being marionetted. Um, sorry, I forget that we're not on video. Um, yeah. <laughs> that would have been interesting to me. I think it should have definitely been the first Doctor as the as that uh, marionette, the puppet. I think I think either way, it's, I like it. As, as the 14 hours one yeah I just think having it as one that you're right I've never thought of that actually I'd never I'd never thought of doing that but I think that would be fun um, especially just because I know they bring it up slightly that he gets like a second game or something because yeah. he's 14 and not one he's a different or something it comes up in the card scene I think yeah but um, um, I think that would have been another nice little bit to foreshadow the fact that the toy maker is like playing each round with a different with doctor. a different doctor so you get by by saying here he is metaphorically you get the image of playing with the first doctor mm. to to play with the 14th doctor and then playing with the 15th doctor um i think that's a nice idea actually i'd never thought of that but um so back to the uh the, the puppet show the companion scene yes sorry i totally diverged from what you asked no no i think it was valid um I think that's a great scene. It looks amazing. It's so theatre. Like, it's it's uh-huh. great. Um, and I, I like it. It's the Russell kind of pokes fun at a common criticism of Moffat, where it's like, he loves these high stakes. All of his stories have such high stakes. And you can't just have a companion go home after that. You have to have them die horrifically, because of course you do. But then he also can't let them die. Because it's Doctor Who. And he... For some reason, people think that you can't have stakes like that. You can't just let somebody die. You absolutely can, and you should. Because we're not children. Some of them are children, but they need to understand that life is awful and you're going to die horrifically. You're going to get donutted by a Cyberman and you just have, you know, you have to deal with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, shut up, Stephen. <laughs> um, but again, continually undoing all these high stakes devalues those stakes that you're building. So I like that Russell is kind of, he's poking fun at that. He's like, sure, the companions dead live. But all the association with the doctor is ended. You know, they they're alive. And it's but not a nice. With you. It's an, it's nice for the sixtieth to look at a bit of history. Yeah. And I think, but but it doesn't go too far. He doesn't like do a puppet show of the doctor and all the companions or anything. It's only the ones relevant to the time between Donna and, uh, and before. Well, yeah. Apart from um, what's interesting the ones is we don't who have no character. Well, with with that, none of Jodie's. Uh, companion like they're not mentioned they didn't, they didn't, but they didn't die 
Well, here's interesting though. Like, imagine if he was, if he did interest. Like, how would he, how would he go about the it? The point is, he's so trying. Like, okay, I, I'll do your game. But the point is, he's, <laughs> he's trying. To, he is trying to get to the doctor by reminding him of his failures, and he's just playing yeah. with him. He's toying with him, mentioning the, the flux. toy. He's toying. Toy, he's toying, toying with him by mentioning the flux, etc. Yeah. So that's why, if you want to criticize that, not flux is part of Terminal Zero. So you know, but you're saying, oh, none of his companions come up. That's because nothing happened to them. But. He, she, yeah. yeah, the toy maker can use to get the doctor. If the toy maker was going to do one, though, it would definitely be this was Graham O'Brien. He was scared of his castle returning, <laughs> but the doctor fobbed him off. <laughs> and then you just cut the time. So he went home and died of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor then went to go see Frankenstein to remind the Graham of how much of a monster he is. I, 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 Ryan, <laughs> this is Ryan, and then he just and then he just stops and he just looks he just looks and he sort of looks at it and goes, ah, uh... and then he like throws it behind him and he this just this is yes this is Ryan, ah, uh... ah. Uh... <laughs> He went home. <laughs> I love the way though that he like he says it to Clara. He's like, and she got killed by. Oh yeah, the like, She was killed by a bird. <laughs> I love that so much. I think, honestly, that she survived in her final moment of life. Well, that's all, all right, right then. then. <laughs> I, I, I wish this maybe this is a good point to say Neil Patrick Harris. Fuck fantastic yeah. performance. It's no way. Incredible as the time. You could never have gotten anyone else to no, do that. No, like no. to play the cards, to give the performance, to to just carry. Like you have to battle against the Doctor. Like David Tennant is a powerful. Like he's a powerhouse of an actor. To battle against that and be more pow- like to be more imposing than he is is very very. Like that's de- that's a demanding job, and Neil Patrick Harris just does it. He's uh, he nails that role so bit so well. And to finish, this is Yaz. She loved the doctor, maybe. <laughs> but then she didn't really care enough to stay when she regenerated. So she just left. <laughs> but the doctor said no. Literally, that's all she that happened. She went home and became a very excellent lesbian. <laughs> but... Okay, so the the last like big important thing I think is the finale. Yeah. Um, we we have to talk about it. We have to. We do have to talk about the end. First of all, so to play this third game, which the first, the second game, game of cards, a little yeah. bit lame. Again, that's why I thought each special was going to be a game in of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, a big expansive thing. He's like, no, we are playing cards today. You're like, oh, that was a good ger- that was good German that time. I I I think that was a, it's obviously a theme that he was going for. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean the Trilogic game. Yeah. I've not seen it. I'll be honest, but from what I've picked up, there's like hopscotch. And yeah, like it's weird. The thing with rings or something. So it's it, it was always sort of childish, low stakes mm. games, but I think it was just that that it was in there was he had to do loads of them it wasn't just one game and then he won yeah and he had to outsmart him not just play the game whereas the thing about the cards is he just plays the, plays game. the game and even if he'd won he wouldn't have won by outsmarting the time he would have just played Luck. the game yeah like, i could have played the game and maybe won but i wouldn't have outsmarted the toy maker i would have just played the game yeah um and i get what he's going to because it's obviously because of the ball game as well yeah, it's, the theme is obviously that he, he thinks either it's quite it is quite sort of ironic and funny that such a powerful creature is has to follow the rules of the game, and so he can be defeated by such simple things. That's obviously the kind of ironic theme that he's going for. But I just think you're right; it just doesn't it doesn't seem to. If that was the final one, I think I'd be a lot more annoyed about it. Yeah, but it's just a sort of intermediate thing, so I'm not hugely bothered with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a little bit lame. And I think, see, when you're reintroducing it, right, the Celestial Toymaker doesn't exist. Like, I, like there's the fourth episode exists, the first three don't, and it's a very visual story. And I think, even then, it's not... It doesn't nail the concept completely. It's very cosmic, and it's very, like... It's funky. It's it's a funky concept, even in the 60s. But I, I think when you have, the, like, a Celestial Toymaker, a cosmic Toymaker, who plays games... Those can be elaborate games. Those can be the games of a special in of itself. You know, like, that's what I expected. I expected the first one was to be 
game one, game two, game three. And I, I would have absolutely loved if they followed that plan because it, well, again, it's my plan. It's my, it's my, my thoughts, you know, obviously it's not going to live up to what I was expecting, but that to me made more sense than we are playing cards now. And here is the ball. It's the first game. And you're like, it doesn't live up to yeah. what I was expecting. So you're thinking that maybe the games were like they're they are like scenarios. So like the Wild yeah. Boy Yonder is a game. Can he can he beat these yeah, creatures? Can he outdo it's it? a game. Can he can he uh defeat the meep? It's like the, the mm-hmm. story is the game. That the doctors it's a game of the doctor's adventures. Yeah. And that's why it's like and then that's why they're all kind of slightly you know, ones from um, maybe even you could have said, I don't know, no, that's dumb. I'll not say that. But like, you know, each one is a kind of game. In the second one, yeah. he's like reusing pieces. He's, it's all kind of a bit, it's all like the not things are a bit kind of, you're like, what is that? It yeah. doesn't feel, it feels like a game. It feels fake. And then you're like, well, because it is. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a setup by the toy maker. Even the meat, it could, you know, you can get that impression from it where you're like, it's very convenient that all this just happened, you know? The spaceship, the second do- the Doctor meets Donna. It's very convenient that, that all just kind of unfolded. And I think if that was part of the game, I think that's the thing that I'm stressing the most. If that was all part of the game, these would be 10 out of 10. Every single one of these would be a 10 out of 10 if this was part of the game. Yeah. Like, these specials would be so much higher in my head. Um, okay, so let's... The bi- the, bi- the, the bi- generation in the room. Um, so he gets shot. He gets shot. And if great I was gonna... stuff. I really looked great. It looked great. And to be honest, if I was going to die surrounded by redheads, I think I'd be quite happy. Um... For the listeners, I'm shaking my head. I'm not agreeing uh, with anything he's saying. It's fine. He's not ginger. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's cool. I didn't even question it. I was like, that sounds right. You know, he bi-generated. Like, I, I wouldn't have even questioned it. It's Doctor Who. I, I, I get to the point now where I'm like, yeah, the toy maker had some sort of influence, or it's just one of those things. Again, the regeneration went wrong with from Jody into fourteen because it wasn't, it didn't look right. His clothes appeared. It wasn't, you know, something happened there. I can understand that the toy maker maybe interfered. He brought out a second doctor. They kind of established that the toy maker is can do anything. Yeah, he's bound by the rules of the game. But he's not bound by any other rules. Yeah. He can physically appear and disappear. He can manipulate matter of any kind. He can he spice can, your life up. You he, know? Can, he can just do anything. Like He can c- control you. He can do anything. Mm-hmm. It just has to be the rules of to the rules of some game. And even then, that's not particularly true. Like The spice up your life thing Beautiful. Is, is a great scene. We didn't talk about it. Fantastic. Love the visuals. The Love fact the visuals. that you know, when he pops them into balls and stuff. Yeah. I've, honestly, I'd never even heard that song before, but it is easily on my like it's on my top repeat. It's right underneath the uh, the Goblin song. Yeah, the, go- <laughs> the Goblin song's great. But um, amazing scene. I'm really, really glad that it's it's Russell T Davis like turned up to a thousand. But it's so great. Yeah. I miss I miss just the the campiness of that. A great scene. But I just the reason I brought it up was just that you know it, it's that's not I don't get how that follows the rules of a game. That's basically just a master moment that he's lifted. Yeah. But it's fine. I don't care. But my point is, he's not bound by any rules other than game rules. Mm-hmm. And so you he can interfere with regeneration. Why can't he? He can change matter. He can change people into balls. Why can't he interfere with regeneration? Why exactly. can't he split the Doctor in two? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think what they're going for with the bi-generation is that it's a myth and it's become true because of the salt thing. Oh, okay. I didn't even. Oh, you didn't. Okay. I, didn't pick I, up on that. Seen, I thought it was just. A I've seen a couple of people say that, um, and I think that's probably what he's going for because I think in general the salt thing is not just for the toy maker. Yeah. Um, the salt thing is also what brought the goblins in, and I think it's also what he said he wants to do more fantasy stuff. Yeah, I can I think see that. That's where that's coming from as well. I like that. That's the direction that I want Doctor. To and take. I think it's basically going to be myths mm-hmm. because they say in the goblin song that the goblin king is a myth. Mm. They say by generation is a myth, and the toy maker is not a myth, but he's sort of not real. He's co- yeah, he's he's, a, he's an eternal. Yeah. He's a, yeah. So basically, so far these three things that have come that have new things are all myths, and I think that's basically what's happening is that the salt is what brought the by is what allowed the by generation mm-hmm. to happen. It turned it from a myth into reality, 
Um, okay, and that's I can, fine. I'm okay with that. I could be down with that, to be honest. And I think maybe this might... I think they did say that the bi generation would be addressed a little further down the line. I don't mind the bi generation. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I think it's fine. Um, I don't particularly like shitty running around in his underwear. I love it. It's so fun. I, I, I just don't... It's like instantly we've got the we've got the first like quote unquote conventionally hot doctor, and then suddenly he's Tom running Gant. around and he's okay. like you know what I mean, like he's running around he's like ripped and he's running around half naked and it just feels very. Did it turn you on? Is that the problem? No, 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 no. It's not that. <laughs> it's like it made him to me feel silly, and I mm. really am looking forward to shitty. I say so looking forward because I don't think he really shone for me in Church on Ruby Road, but we'll get to that. But like, um, I really, I thought Shooty was going to be really, really good. Yeah. And then he appears in the scene and he's a bit of a laughing stock. And they're laughing at it. If you watch the confidential and the behind the scenes stuff, they find it weird. They're laughing at it as well. I don't think they really got it. I don't think they liked it. I don't, like the actors, I mean, I don't think mm. they enjoyed it. I just didn't really vibe with that. I don't mind the bi-generation. That's the bit I really don't care about. Yeah. I just think it makes the Doctor, this new Doctor who's supposed to be coming in, we're supposed to love him, silly. It's one hell of an entrance, though. Like, I, it's, it is it is a very Doctor Who thing to do. Like, come on. I mean, the first episode of David Tennant, he was in his pyjamas, you know? I know, but he was, he was in his, he was fully clothed. Like, I just, yeah. it just feels like he's a parody. Like, he's, he's, I don't know that just him being like that made him feel he didn't feel doctory like I just the doctor being like a sex object I hate that uh, yeah I agree That's with why that. I hate like the tenant um, years where he was that where he was like a sex icon they had the relationship with Rose and he was like sexy and I'm like I'm the sexy doctor that's why I love him with Donna because he's not that at all he's like mm. goofy and weird I think the doctor should be that and I didn't like that he was like the sexy doctor and he's in his underwear. Like, I don't know. I like the implication that it means that 14 was running just free ball. Like, he, he was just free ball in that. He, he was, was like. He was running free balls, yeah. He, he was juggling more than that ball. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I agree. I think. I like it. It's silly. It's very, it's very Russell T. Davies. Like, it's very Doctor Who. And. I have just more of a problem with that yeah. than I do the bi-generation. I'm not particularly bothered by the bi-generation. I'm not particularly bothered by any of it. I think it makes sense. And, you know, he gets, I suppose, uh, in, like, reparations, he gets so many cool costumes already that we've seen. So I think... I, I wish I, I he can... had a defining look, though. We'll, later. We'll get onto that later. Yeah, Shut yeah, up. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, uh, I do. I agree that it's it's weird. It's a weird choice. But I accept it. You know, I, I can I can accept that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else is there? So then, obviously, they play the game of catch to defeat the time maker, and you've obviously already. I assume I kind of know what you're going to think about that. Frankly, one of the worst shot and edited scenes, and this is where I think the problems really do present themselves. Because they're like, oh, how many ways can we catch the ball? And I'm like, well, maybe you had like you had a good idea here, but this is it looks awful. And it's edited so. It's just, it's just there's boring. no momentum. It's there's no boring. Yeah, yeah. there's no there's no, no tension. momentum to it because they're not like because it is constructed from lots of different shots. Yeah, because because they because tr- they said well, we'll make it that these are unbelievable catches to try and make it to give it yeah make it look big and dramatic. We'll do all the doctor using his you know he's because we know the doctor is he he has better sensory perception and he can do things and all that kind of thing he's super autistic he's <laughs> <laughs> we know that this is not new that he can mm-hmm. do great catches and stuff and, and all that kind of thing um yeah there's that catch in human nature yeah, which yeah, is still it's a throw a throw sorry um but the, but 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 the, to try and make it look exciting it's all things that human beings couldn't do mm-hmm. and so to do that it has to be a cg shot or your wires or it's like a mat and all that and because you're doing that you can't shoot wide you can't show them actually throwing the ball to each other yeah and so it's all cut up from these lots of little different catches mm-hmm. and i don't think it works my biggest problem with that is it doesn't... feels like a catching montage yeah not an active 
it's, it's not because an it is a montage. Yeah, it's not a through line. It's just a. It is a here's montage. a shot. Here's a shot. I mean, it is a montage because there's no indication necessarily that these are one after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he doesn't like. We don't really see them throw it back that often. Like it's not like. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to describe what Rayleigh just did. But um, but it's 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 not like we see them catch it and then they throw it to the next person. And then we see that person catch it. We yeah. just see the catches quite a lot of the time. Yeah, and that's the problem. I think, see if... It's a silly thing. Like, this final game. You're, yeah. you're playing the ball. That's a silly, silly thing. And if it played with that, see if it just accepted it. Imagine it took, like, a wide shot. No music. You cut the music. It's just a massive wide shot from, like, behind Bonnie Langford's shoulder. And they're just catching the ball. It's like... <laughs> you know, how stupid is that? That you, The fate of... The world is behind well, that's on these like the two. wide shot, and then yeah. you come into the close-ups, and it's dramatic music. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. If, wide sh- cut back to the wide shot. <laughs> if they played with that, that would have made the scene so much better because you're having, you're you're acknowledging that this is stupid, but it's also it can be tense. Yeah. You do that more than half before you to just montage your way out of it because it's it is funny and it's silly, but I don't know. Well. There's a lot in this episode. We missed a lot, but that's, I don't know. I feel like as a closing thought, that's one of my biggest problems with these specials and with Doctor Who as, as, as the format at the moment. I think an hour is good for Doctor Who. It can it could be feature length, no problem. And I think you wouldn't, you'd gain a lot more than what you would lose. I know you disagree with me, but see it at an hour long. I think it should be aiming for an hour and not under an hour. Because you hear Russell, he... He's so proud of being able to cut things down. Like Tooth and Claw is like it is good to cut things down. It's good to cut things down, but there are it's things that are economical. missing. The no, problem, they're... the problem with giving it more runtime is when there isn't enough story, you just are gonna pad it out. You're just it's just gonna be padded. True. Think about classic who. It's all padding. True, but new who doesn't have that issue because so like there's only a select handful of episodes that actually really, really suit the 45 minutes. You know, Midnight, Turn Left, those smaller scale ones, they they do suit it. Whereas a lot of episodes, you're like, where's the rest of this? And these specials, I felt that a lot. Felt that a lot with the giggle. It had to do a lot of wrapping up and not a lot of time. The toy maker just basically leaves. The, exactly. Like, even, not even when he's defeated, but when he, when they biogenerate, at yeah. that point, it sort of stops becoming the Toymaker story, and I have a, that's a problem I had. Yeah, loved all the Toymaker stuff. As soon as the bi generation happens, it took it's not focus away. really a Toymaker. It's not really about the Doctor and the Toymaker anymore. It's yeah. about the Doctor and the Doctor and what's going on with the bi generation. And of course, the A plot with the giggle gets forgotten about because the Doctor and the Doctor, and then the Doctor and the Toymaker. The A plot becomes like the the D plot. You know, it stops mattering as much. And obviously, I get it. Budget. It's too dark, it's too real. I agree with what you were saying, but you stop caring about the effects of the giggle and what's happening because you're just like, oh, obviously we Toy Maker's here. The giggle is obviously undone by the... Yeah, it's undone, but the, the effects, you know, the, the, the fact I that it's still happening. About the, the visual effects, the bit where the Toy Maker's defeated and he gets all flat. Yeah. It's a great bit, I love that. Really? I, I wasn't so sure on it. Oh no, I love that bit. I think it's, a, it's really fun. What do you think about the Legion of Toy Maker soldier things? Again... What's that? It's just like, so is that funky. connected it's, to it's, my legions are coming? It must be. It, I don't know if maybe it just means like the fact, like I say, the mm-hmm. mythical fantasy things. Maybe. They are his legions. I don't know. Does it is is the toy maker the, the boss after all? Like, it doesn't really make sense. Is the toy maker? But I just is the toy maker. Obviously, the toy maker is gonna. I don't think the toy maker can come back because it's Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. And I don't know if they can af- just afford to have him back for just a regular series episode. It's they probably like, could. I think. I, I think don't they know, could. but I just don't know if they would do that. They yeah. made it out to be quite a big sort of special event. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. So, but obviously he's in the box, and they have the box, so he's still there. It's not like he's gone. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like with that, it leaves something is going to happen with the toy maker again. Yeah. Like the toy makers influence on the ongoing narrative is not done no be that through his legions or himself 
But I don't. I just think that was really clunky, to be honest. As was the uh, picking up the master's tooth with the floating. No, I love that. That's such a. It's so hand. silly, but we'll, we'll accept it. Do you know what? We can fully accept that. Um, so we got one last thing to talk about. The retirement. The retirement. Uh, I like the fact that it's rehab out of regeneration. You know, I like that the reason that Shooty was even pulled out is because the doctor just needs to chill the chill out. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like the scene with Donna and the family. I do feel like maybe I wanted more closure with 14, you know? The 10 didn't want to go. He got a footnote in the anniversary. I feel like if you have 14 here, give his re- give that face a proper sending off. And I suppose you did. You did in a way with the, um, the retirement. It's positive, but it's not closure as such. You know, the doctor's still there. Kate Stewart is absolutely going to go to the 14th Doctor the second that there's an issue, you know? Like, she's going to use him. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I think that's interesting to have him there. I'm glad, at least, that the retirement was a separate Doctor. Yeah. Not separate, but, like, a, it wasn't the Doctor, the main line Doctor, because that I would, that's, that's not the Doctor's character no. at all. I like that it had to be kind of slightly forced on him. Mm-hmm. I wish it had been forced on him more. I wish that he didn't get a TARDIS. Getting a TARDIS, yeah. Because when he gets a TARDIS, he's just he's just doing the adventures. He's taking Rose with him. I like that. I thought that was fun that he yeah. can't stay and he takes Rose and all that. But then you're going, so what's the rehab? Yeah. If he's doing the same thing he always does, it's just that he comes back to the same place all the time. How is that any different, really, to what he does before? Because he always yeah. comes back to the same place. It's just it's the TARDIS. I just think he shouldn't have had a TARDIS. I think if they... I like it. I like that scene, you know, with shooting. He's like... It you know, he hits it with a hammer. It the TARDIS slightly for me. It does, because there's another the one. it's the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes the TARDIS feel unique and special. It's the last one. There's no other TARDISes out there. This thing is so, like... You know. I mean, it's probably like the Rani and the Master. Yeah, I know. I, I know what the you're Master saying. The Master hasn't had a TARDIS in a long time. Oh, no, yeah, it, I didn't it see it in Yeah, and Spyfall, yeah. Completely forgot that... Does existed. <laughs> yeah, the fucking house TARDIS or whatever. But yeah, I like the scene. I think it's sweet. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's a nice bookend. But I feel like if the specials were always trying to be a bookend on New Who, they should have done a better job at trying to do that until the last episode where you 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 know they force upon you. Oh, the doctor, you're tired. You know you've been doing a lot. Like that didn't really happen anywhere else, and they just started. They to... set it up at the beginning of the episode. And yeah, maybe slightly in Wobbly Yonder it comes up. But it's not. It's not enough to like justify the the finale. I mean, if you said something like, "Doctor, you've just had the Master sing Rasputin at you. You've had the Toy Maker do Spice Your Life. Too many. Take songs. a break. I know. Take a break. I think you're right though. If you didn't have a TARDIS, mm-hmm. I'd be happier with it because yeah. it's forced the doc he, he knows that he can't stay with this other doctor because he'll just he just be in the way and not having a tardis it means he basically doesn't have a choice yeah and also having the tardis you know like we say mm-hmm. he's just gonna it's he's just another doctor he's not like a different thing he's gonna get his big finish boxes yeah which i'm happy about but yeah i i, I fully agree that he shouldn't have a tardis I also have to say, and this is one of two more things I have to say, and that's it. And I'll do the other one once where you've you've said your bit. But I just need to say this because I've seen a lot of things on Twitter mm-hmm. about fifteen and about how he's an offshoot. He's like a, like if you imagine it's a tree, he's like it's like a fork, and they're two different, and all mm-hmm. this kind of thing. That is not no. true. And people arguing over the episode is very plain about it. It's not difficult to understand. Yeah. It's very obvious. He is the next. Doctor. He is the next one. And when um, 14 regenerates, there's a timey-wimey thing. Yeah. And he goes back to, to the, the point of the giggle as 15. Yeah. And then they split off. Like it's he, just a big loop. It's a loop. So so 15 is here, and 14 is here, and 14 and 15 go on. And then at a certain point, 14 breaks off and comes back and loops around to the giggle. Yeah. And then he goes on as 15. That's obviously what happens. It's not difficult to understand. They say it in the yeah, episode. Rehab out they of regeneration. Say, they say that 15 is only better because mm-hmm. 14 um, took the time. Took, he- healed himself or whatever they say. Yeah. Right? Um, 
that doesn't make sense if it's an offshoot because they're at the same point in time. Yeah. Donna even says, he's older than you. They put it in. I mean, obviously he's older even if he's just like one second along. Yeah. But I think it's it's sort of meant to mean... He's had more experience. You're, you're, you're after him. You're explicitly after 14. You're the next one. 14 lives, regenerates into 15. Yeah. And goes back to the giggle. That's obvious, I think, from the text. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. He has to live, grow, then become 15 for 15 to be better. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. Um, I like it as well. I like that the, the regeneration in this episode serves as like a resolution to a story and not the, oh, the Doctor's regenerated, this will be the story. I like that he's just the fully fledged Doctor and I like yeah. that. I like also 15's theme. And that he runs away in the jukebox TARDIS. Theme. Again, the jukebox being added is good. More clutter, please. Need more <laughs> clutter. And the colour should always be on. Never use the white. It's no. Just, but it's immediately on in Ruby Road. So we'll just... Yeah, we'll, we'll accept it. The purple and the... Uh, the the looks amazing. Looks really good. The orange. I'm not a huge fan of the orange, but it's better than the white. Yeah. At least some colour, you know. I hope Shitty gets better at... I said this to you, I think. With the controls. piloting TARDIS. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I don't know if it was maybe a choice I don't that'd be weird I think it's a choice but it just felt like he wasn't comfortable yet at the controls he didn't really look like he was knew what he was doing it looked kind of sort of awkward and um, like he was looking and then doing a thing and then he didn't it didn't feel quite natural yet so I think hopefully that gets better we haven't seen him since then actually piloting the TARDIS really I don't think no because it always just cuts yeah, it's yeah. Always, he always goes inside and then we because we to save the TARDIS reveal for the end of Ruby Road, so yeah. yeah. Although I did, I really did like, like it's a weird thing because when he did, when he says "see you later, kid," and then he whoops the thing, yeah, and he just presses one button, he looks so in command of the TARDIS. But then when he actually starts doing the running around, suddenly he doesn't. It sounds like it feels like he's waiting for the music, because there is a scene where he's like, da, 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 and he's like. I'll hit the button in a minute. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Dun, dun, and then the bass drops. You know, I, I, it does feel like he's waiting too yeah, long. It just doesn't feel natural. Something about him running around that didn't feel natural. But when he looks at them and he stands there and he goes, right. And then he points to the rotor going up and they go, right, okay, I'm getting out. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. That's a great moment. I, I love Shooty. I think. Doctor Who Poop did, a, did one where he oh, with flicks the... the button and the ramp goes up and they go then. That's a great one. That's, that's so funny. But yeah, I love Shooty. I, I think that's like the the last thing that I really want to say is just I love I love him. He's he's easily one of my favourite doctors from just the, the images alone, like the promo images. He's not quite clicked for me yet, I have to say. Just uh. not he's just not quite clicked for me yet, even with we obviously are not talking about Ruby Road here, but even mm. in Ruby Road just didn't quite click for me yet. I don't know what it was. I'm sure he'll click in the new series. Mm-hmm. Um I just think I don't know. I just didn't get what his vibe was yet, and that's happened before. It's not explicit. It's not exclusive to him. I still don't really get what thirteen's vibe is. Yeah. Um. Twelve took me probably. I don't think I ever got what twelve's vibe was while he was still the Doctor. Series ten, maybe I started yeah. to get it, but I don't think I ever really appreciated twelve until after his era was over. Eleven straight away. Eleven there is just too good an episode to not immediately get him. I actually, I took a lot longer with Eleven. I was season seven before I started really, really? like, I always me, loved him. Like, I peak, remember the Peak episodes. Eleven is series five. Definitely. And Eleventh Hour is just immediately, I just went, right, yeah, that's the guy. Because I think Moffat understood that you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, And he didn't do it with Twelve because he wanted to do the Am I Really a Good Man thing. So he didn't have the I Am the Doctor Moment. basically run thing. Yeah. So... So you didn't get that, and that's why I didn't click into him. And I don't think he ever got it for me. Like when the I'm an idiot is kind of that at the he, end he, of the he, series, but it's yeah. underwhelming, and I don't think it works properly. He got it kind of in flatline. I'm the Doctor, the man that stops the monsters. So that was the so that was the giggles. and and over the past three episodes, maybe the six day specials. Yeah. Um, overall, pretty pretty decent. Pretty decent. I think they they, they just felt slightly off to me. I think there was yeah. maybe something missing, and I'm hoping that. It was just because it's like kind of a tail end of a previous thing and trying to do a new thing as well. It was trying to bookend it, but also be like a jumping on point, which it's just, it's a very odd place. I definitely felt that things were cut. I think the vibes were just off. There was, it definitely feels like in each episode, wildly under less so, but there was definitely things that were cut because of the timing. 
because I feel like the Doctor just gets into it and there are scenes in there that should, you know, that should be there that aren't present. And I'm interested to see if they ever release those deleted scenes because I reckon it would probably make those episodes a lot better in my eyes anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed, I enjoyed what we got. I wish that it was a through line and it was, you know, they were all connected properly and there was a big thread, but it is what it is. It is what it is. So... Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you uh, for listening to the first three episodes of... Of Blue Box. Of Blue Boxed. And <laughs> uh, we'll be back... Uh, At some point. We didn't really do a lead-in from the previous two, because we're probably just going to do three parts. But the next one will be Church on Ruby Road. Yep. And then we will be going into all sorts of web marketings from the universe. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. See you later. <laughs>